And now, a highlight from Animal Radio on iHeartRadio. We're going to visit with somebody who we've long time wanted to visit with. Dr. Jane Goodall is joining us. Doctor, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. You know what? I, uh... First of all, you're you're speechless. I am because I have so many questions and so many things that I want to talk about. Um, As a youngster, I've always wanted to. uh, I loved primates, and I still do. But there's really no way for me uh, or the general population to interact or really get to know primates. What do you suggest from from somebody who spent a lot of her life? living and, and, and really learning primates. How can someone like me get interaction with a primate? Well, I, I first of all have to tell you that you're a primate, and so am I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I guess so w- it should be fairly easy, but I think you mean non-human primates. That, exactly. Probably. That's what I mean. Thank you. Anyway, well, um, you know, there are some really, really good uh, chimpanzee exhibits in zoos, and there are also sanctuaries, uh, you know, where chimps rescued from bad zoos, from circuses, uh, and from medical research. Um, a lot of people go down to South America, and, and there are trips there. You can go and see uh, various monkeys out in the forest. So there are different ways that you can learn about our cousins. Your first experience with a a monkey or a chimpanzee, should I say, was actually a toy, right? That's right. It was given to me by my father when I was one and a half years old. And there were a few of them made when the first chimpanzee to be born in London Zoo, in the whole of England, I think. And it was named Jubilee because it was the Jubilee year of the king and queen. Uh, And everybody thinks that it was because of that toy uh-huh. that I ended up studying chimpanzees. But, of course, it wasn't because I, I wouldn't, you know, nobody knew anything about them. They were exotic. I wouldn't have thought it possible. I went to Africa with the goal of living with any sort of animal out in the wild and writing books. That was the goal. And I met Louis Leakey, and he's the one who suggested chimpanzees. So it was like a kind of strange, I don't know, but it could have been any animal for you. I mean, as a youngster, I understand you used to hide behind the hen house to uh, to watch the hens? To see where chickens, I, where the eggs came from? I That's right. I hid in a small stuffy hen. I was waiting for a hen to come in. I waited four hours, apparently, which I think most four-year-olds probably wouldn't have that patience. <laughs> so I guess I was born, you know, with curiosity and fortunate to have an amazing mother who supported my interest, and although she was really worried because I was lost for four hours, she didn't get angry <laughs> when I finally rushed towards the house all excited. And, you know, a different kind of mother might have crushed that early curiosity, and I might not have done what I've done. You know, back when you went to Africa, that was kind of unusual for a single woman to go. So you uh, were you ordered to bring your mother, or did your mother volunteer to go with you on this trip? What a great mom. Well, the first time I went, she didn't come. That When I met Louis Leakey, I went on my own, and I was invited by a school friend, and I was out there for about one and a half years. And that was when Leakey asked if I would do it. And then, then there was a year to wait while he found the money, and I hadn't been to college, you see, so it was hard to find anyone who had faith in this crazy idea. 
And then the British authorities in what was then Tanganyika, the crumbling remains of the British Empire, uh, they refused for me to go on my own. And that's when Mum volunteered. I think Leakey twisted her arm a bit because he wanted <laughs> someone who wouldn't compete with me or, you know. So anyway, she came for four months. Amazing. What an amazing mom. <laughs> hey, Jean, I have a question about kind of the preservation of different species. Um, when I was a kid, I, I had a um, grade school teacher that was very opposed to zoos. And um, in, when I was in her class that year, she wouldn't allow me to go to the zoo. She did, wouldn't let her class go at all. Um, I wondered how you see the role of zoos as either partners or do you see them more as a problematic in, in um, preserving um, primates in the wild? It honestly depends on the zoo. Uh, you know, there are some creatures that I would want never to see in a zoo, like whales and dolphins. And fortunately, that's beginning to to get through to people. Um, elephants shouldn't be in zoos either, because you know they're they're big, and the zoo isn't a place for them. But um, there are zoos that are getting better and better. They're educating people. They have great education programs. They're putting um, money and people, actually, into conservation in the wild. And I know so many people now in conservation who say, well, when I was small, I went and saw these animals in the zoo and watched them for hours and knew I had to grow up and help them. Mm -hmm. It depends on the zoo and the animal. And I've seen exhibits where chimpanzees have large appropriate groups they have lots of enrichment which is the main problem with zoos you know the animals get bored um keepers who understand their needs and you know i think they have a pretty good life actually we got to take a quick break we are with dr jane goodall stick around it's animal radio so you travel now about, what, 300 days a year, and you're mostly speaking about environmental crisis, and I'm wondering, how can I personally, just one single person, affect positive change? Well, I meet so many people who have become aware of the mess that we've created on this planet, and you know as well as I do all the terrible things that are happening, and so people feel helpless and hopeless, and therefore do nothing. I always say to people, you know, each day that we live, every single one of us, we make some sort of impact, thinking about what we buy, where did it come from, how was it made, did it harm the environment, did it involve cruelty to animals like intensive farms, uh, is it cheap because of child slave labor? So finding out a little bit about what you buy and making ethical choices, which if it was just you would, wouldn't do a thing, but... You know, there are now millions of people who are beginning to think this way. Mm. So if we look at the cumulative effect of millions and millions of ethical choices, so we need to buy products that haven't harmed animals, that haven't harmed the environment, and that hopefully give back a little. I understand that you've uh, you've teamed up with an antiperspirant or deodorant manufacturer? Yes, I'm not sure that that's all that they do, but uh, Schmidt, their, their products are cruelty-free, nothing's tested on animals, 
uh, it hasn't harmed the environment. And this um, this deodorant, uh, it, they asked me my favorite flower smell, and I said lily of the valley. So it's, it's lily of the valley. And the Jane Goodall Institute gets 5% of every stick sold. I like that. I like <laughs> that. So I, <laughs> is, it, is it just for ladies, or is there a, a men's antiperspirant? I don't know. I, if you want to smell like Lily. I want to smell of lilies of the valley. So well, I like, this, I like this smell. I'm smelling some right now, and it smells very good, actually. I, I'm, I'm wearing it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a lovely smell, isn't it? Yes, it is. Dr. Goodall, I'm wondering, you spent just, I mean, time that I was so envious of when I would see your documentaries living out there with these wild animals that you had been working with and and were so tame and kind with you. Do you just miss that day, long for those days now that you're on the road so much? Well, I think back of them with great nostalgia, and you know the recent geographic. Have you seen Jane? Yes. Yes, we No, have. I haven't. I haven't. Oh, well, you should, because that's the best. It's the only one of all that have been made, which takes me right back into the skin of 26-year-old Jane. And, you know, seeing and feeling, I'm once again among those chimpanzees that I got to know so very well, Flo and Fifi and David Greybeard and Goliath. It's a, it's a very nostalgic feeling. But Gombe's not the same. Most of the chimps I really knew so well I have passed on. You know, they can live oh. 60 years, but it was 60 years ago that I began. So it just isn't the same as tourists around and things. I was so lucky. I just had that world to myself. You did. Now these days there are so many people who are getting involved in animal activism. How would somebody become a young Jane Goodall again? Well, there are young people whose passion is to go out and study monkeys or apes in the wild. And if they really are passionate... Probably these days they'll have to get some kind of degree. Leakey sent me, particularly because I hadn't been to college, because he thought I would have a mind that was uncluttered with uh, scientific reductionism, as there was at that time. You know, animals didn't have personalities, minds, or emotions, according to science. But I was taught by my dog that wasn't true. So today people can study those things. But when I first dreamed of Africa when I was 10, everybody laughed at me. How will you get there? Uh, you know, you don't have money in your family and Africa's far away and there's a war and you're just a girl. But Mama always said, if you really want this, you're going to have to work extremely hard and take advantage of all and any opportunity and don't give up. So that's what I say to young people as I'm traveling around. Um, many of them actually... You know, they follow their dream and they get there. Even if they haven't uh, got the degree and they're not doing, you know, some kind of PhD or something, there are opportunities to volunteer in the sanctuaries in Africa. So there are many, many ways of living with animals and helping animals today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for... Okay, wait, 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 wait. Virtual hug before she leaves. (laughs) Oh, we're going to give you a virtual hug. We love you. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care. I'll give you a pantoot. Here's your greeting from me. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) 
Bye. Thank bye. you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to Animal Radio. Visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.